Take your Bible, if you would please, to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter number 15, if you would please. I'd like to welcome all of our guests with us today and thank all of our members for being here today. I just think it's a good day to be in the Lord's house. I really do. I want to read for you just a few verses out of the book of Luke, chapter number 15. I think Luke 15 is probably one of the most important chapters in all the Bible. More than any other chapter, this chapter reveals how much God loves you. Not me, you. I want you to know God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son and hung him on a cross for six long hours such an excruciating death it's probably indescribable by the human tongue he loves you not the one next to you now you so much that he'll spend your lifetime seeking, loving, forgiving, just to hear you say, Christ, I'd like you to be my Savior. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me that God would love me and you so much. I'd like to talk to you today on this thought, God's passion for you. God's passion for you. Have you ever felt unlovable? Have you ever felt unloved? Have you ever felt unappreciated? Have you ever felt lower than a snake's belly? Have you ever been in the blahs or the dumps? You said, not since I walked in this church. (laughs) The Bible says in verse number one of Luke chapter number 15, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners. You ought to underline that and write in your Bible, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I qualify. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? 
And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. One sheep any sheep made no difference what color of the sheep made no difference what religious affiliation the sheep might have had. No matter if the sheep had just been bathed or been running around in the barnyard all night long. The emphasis is not so much on the sheep, but how much the shepherd loved the sheep. One illustration in the Bible, one more chapter in God's book, one more series of words that made up a sentence and a sentence that made up a verse and a verse that made up a paragraph that explains to you and I how much God really, really, really loves us. And to what extent he might go to save us and redeem us and take us to heaven one blessed day when this life is over. If you read the rest of the chapter, you'll notice that it is dealing with things that are lost. A lost sheep. A lost coin. A lost son. The chapter is, uh, is clothed with compassion and love and grace and generosity. It's almost like it was wrapped up in a smile. It's almost like it was just showered with precious, sweet-smelling flowers. Somebody desperately cares for things that are lost. Have you ever lost anything? You get my age, you'll lose a lot of things. I don't lose my keys anymore. I lose my car. <laughs> Somebody says, where's your keys? They're in my truck. Where's your truck? Ginger, do we have a truck? <laughs> Are you listening to me now? God's passion for you. Not me. And not Brother Sean, but God is passionate about you. Isn't that wonderful? You. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the ugliest of them all? 
And the mirror says, Sean. <laughs> I can say that because I pay him, all right? I pay that guy yelling back there too. Here in the text, the comparison is made between a sinner and a sheep. Now today we don't know much about sheep, but in this day they didn't know much about cell phones. So we're even, right? So our Lord is writing to a community, a society that dealt with sheep, agricultural, farming, vineyards, orchards, and such. And in the vernacular of the day, the Lord's best comparison to a human being, if you please, like us, Or the sheep. Now, I don't know why the Lord did that, other than there might be a comparison we make. For instance, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God compares people with sheep. He said in the book of Isaiah 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray, and every man has turned to his own way. Now that says to me that maybe we human beings and sheep have a like nature, if you please. All we, like sheep, have gone astray and turned to our own way. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 100 and verse 3, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What is God trying to say to us through the comparison of sheep and sinners? Sheep and those who are saved who are not acting as such. Notice, if you would please, in verse 1 and 2, we notice the congregation to whom Jesus is speaking. We find here in the book of Luke chapter number 15 and verse 1, the Bible said, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners. Now notice, for to hear him. These are the outcasts of the day, publicans, tax collectors. Everybody loves tax collectors. Nobody gets upset when in the mail you get that envelope that says IRS. Nobody wants to rush and open that booger unless you might think it's a refund. Can you say amen? Somebody said, do they ever check you, preacher, when you fill out your income tax? No, but I do get a sympathy card from them each year. (laughs) 
May I help you a little bit? The comparison that is made, the Bible says, and these publicans and sinners gathered around Jesus for a specific reason. Notice, for to hear him. For to hear him. I hope that's why you're here today. I hope you come to hear from God. I hope you came today that God may speak to your heart, maybe touch your heart, maybe just encourage you a little bit, maybe pump you up a little bit, and if need be, pull you down a little bit. I don't know why you're here today, but thank God you're here to hear what God would have to say to you. I hope you're here not today just checking out to see if I can preach. I could have called you on the phone and say that practice does not make perfect. I've been shooting at it for 50 years and my wife says, finally, last week I did a good job. (laughs) Publicans and sinners. Notice verse number two. There's another crowd there. Not only was Jesus speaking to the down and outers, the, the sinners, the losers, the outcast of society, the despised, the belittled, but also notice in that same crowd and the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious crowd of the day. The scribes were those who pinned down the word of God meticulously and, and very carefully they would pin and copy copies of the Old Testament. These scribes were busy. They knew the word of God like the back of their hand. They could quote Isaiah 53. They could quote most of the Old Testament. These are the religious folks of the day. The Pharisees were the doctors, the professors, the theologians, the folks who walked around town with their garments, with scripture sewn around the border of the garment, with a key slinging from their waist, indicative and saying, I have the key to heaven. The religious of the day, these Pharisees might be walking down the road and just all of a sudden hand her in the air and begin to pray and pray for two and a half hours. These folks were so religious, bless your heart. This is a religious crowd. Now I know that probably nobody here today is religious. I know no one here today is dependent on their religion to get them to heaven. I don't think anybody here today is so squeaky white clean separated from sin that you would think you were better than anybody else. I know no one would walk by our children's church with a snotty-nosed kids in there that somebody didn't take time to wash their face today. I know you would never think that they were a smaller sect of God's people. I know there's no one here today say we don't them bus kids putting bubble gum on our pews. Why not? You could get it next week and have some extra. (laughs) But in Jesus' crowd, there was also the disciples. And Jesus was smart enough to try to teach all of them at one time. How do you teach the down and outers, the up and uppers, and the religious? How do you teach them all at the same time? Well, you take the next few verses and he talks about a shepherd 
who had some sheep. And he had a hundred sheep. And one sheep wandered off. I wonder why he likened sheep to people. If there's one hole in the fence, a sheep will find it. He's not at all concerned about the wolf standing outside the hole. He just sees the hole. And all other 99, if they see him go through that hole. I wonder why God compares us to sheep. Would it be all right if I make an analogy for about 10 minutes and show you God's passion for you. Notice verse number three, I think it is. The Bible talks about it very plainly. And the Bible says, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness Go after that which is, what's the next word? What? You don't even like saying that word. You don't say it again? I bet you can't say it with a smile on your face. That's a bad word. Nobody likes that word. Lost. One's lost. You know, there's only two kind of people mentioned in the Bible. Saved, lost. God's not interested in what color your skin is. He's interested in what condition your heart is. God don't take the people to heaven because of their certain nationality, tribe, or religion. God takes only saved people to heaven. Saved, lost. Saved, lost. Well, preacher, theologically, what does it mean being lost? Now listen. 50 years of studying the Bible. So many degrees on my wall, I look like a thermometer. Lost means you don't know which way it is back to the house. If you were leaving for heaven right now, which direction would you go? What would you get in to get you there? And how would you know you're going the right way? That means you're lost. Please, I'd like to compliment the preacher. Amen, Reverend. Lost. And he left 
the 99 and went after the lost. God's passion for the lost is only described in 66 books in the Word of God. And it's wrapped in the package of love. Tied with a ribbon of grace and secured by the Holy Spirit that lives within every child of God. Oh, my soul, that's enough to make a Methodist shout. A lost sheep, notice in the wilderness, in the place of danger, for some unknown reason. Sheep has the attitude and aptitude and the nature to wonder, to look, to not be satisfied with the status quo, but begin to be allured by the things outside of their habitation. They, they want what's on the other side of the fence. Do you know any people like that? That's why we have credit cards. That's why Walmart or Kmart has blue light specials. They're just showing us what's on the other side of the fence. Some of you guys better look at what you got at the house. Either that look in the mirror and wonder how in the world you got her. Some of those folks thinks the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Well, I was raised on a farm. And I know what makes grass green. <laughs> and you get over there walking around barefooted, you might find out you got a pretty good deal at the house. No wonder God likens us to sheep because we're never satisfied. We're always looking on the other side of the fence. We know nothing about uh, being co compassionate and so forth and so on. And so the things of the world are always alluring us just like the other side of the fence. Things that raises our blood pressure, you know, the world. Uh, things that makes uh, our heart beat faster. Uh, things, bless your heart, that causes goosebumps and butterflies. Those are what allures wandering sheep. Maybe that's why God compares us to sheep. Amen. I need a Better job, more money, bigger car, younger woman. No, you don't need that. <laughs> the best thing to cure all that roaming around is give your wife karate lessons. First point of this deep message is the reason God compares us to sheep is because sheep are dumb. You go, are you calling me dumb? No, I'm just saying sheep are dumb. Sheep. Men can train a dog 
A man can train a horse. Man can train ducks. Affleck. Affleck. Man can train chickens. Man can train lions, elephants. And I even saw a rodeo clown one time train two buzzards. And during the rodeo, the clown, these buzzards, would act on his command. And he'd fly them buzzards everywhere in the world. But I've never seen a man train a sheep. Isn't that amazing? Sheep follow each other. A perfect picture of lost people following each other. Now, whether you know it or not, I wrote in my notes, be kind here. People are trendish. People are fashion crazy. It seems like if somebody else has got it, doing it, wanting it, there's somebody behind them saying, me too. Huh? You think maybe God called us sheep because we're a bunch of followers and, huh? I'm just messing around. I'm about done. I just don't want to hurt your feelings. Some of the styles, you know, and when I was a kid, it was ducktails and poof in front. Now that I'm old, I ain't got enough hair to have a ducktail, and my poof done blew off in front. Uh, when I was a kid. Uh, straight was in, and my hair was kinky. Uh, when it straight went out, so did my hair. But a sheep just follow each other. And, and uh, I watched the styles of the day, the hair, the dress, uh, the britches so low, you know, you can see the BVDs, the BADs, or whatever they got. And... Uh, I just wonder, could that be why God called us sheep? Because we're a bunch of followers. You know, we have a wonderful thing going on today. I think it's so educational called uh, Chasing Pokemons. (laughs) If I found one, what would I do with it? How would I cook it? (laughs) If I wasn't hungry, could I put it in the freezer? Uh, Two or three weeks ago, we almost had accidents in a parking lot. Somebody had hid Pokemons on our steeple and put one in the trash. I think he should have put them both in the trash 
so that everybody could end up in the same glorious future. Uh, Have you got any followers on social media? Followers. 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 How many followers have you got? Oh, I've got a lot of followers. You got any leaders in your life? Followers. Could we be like sheep? Is somebody leading us or are we leading somebody else? I'm just making a comparison. I'm wondering why. Could it be that the reason that God called us sheep is because sometimes we act kind of dumb? Hmm? Also, one thing about sheep, they're directionalists. They, they have no way in the world to know which way it is back home. I know folks who have taken dogs and cats miles away from the house and they beat the guy back to the house. Huh? Certain animals have directional instincts. They know how to find back home. I used to hunt just a little bit and that was every night. And I had dogs that had some brains, and then I had dogs that were dogs. I had some dogs, no matter where I took them, no matter where I turned them loose, I knew if I stayed with that truck, sometime during the night or the next day, I'd hear something jump on the tailgate, they came home. I had some dogs I could lay my jacket out and go back home, and uh, when I got through, I could go back to the jacket, and the dog would be laying on the jacket. I never had a sheep that could do that because they are directional. Same with us. We're not seeking him. All we, like sheep, have done what? We've gone astray. We've turned every wonder our own way. Maybe that's why God called us sheep. Because sometimes we do some awful dumb things, do we not? And we begin to follow folks that don't know where they're going. And we end up exactly where they were, where they didn't want to go. Sheep are defenseless. Have you ever thought about that? Chickens can peck. Dogs can bite, cats can crawl, rabbits can run, sheep just stand there. Like a sheep led to the slaughter, hoping not his mouth. He climbed on the cross and gave his life for us. A sheep is dumb, directionless, and defenseless. And sinner, I want you to know something. You're no match for the devil. Young person, you're no match for the devil. Young married couple, your home is no match for the devil. 
old married couples, your relationship cannot stand all the devil will throw your way. We like sheep have gone astray. We're defenseless. Can you say amen? Defenseless against the devil, if you please. Sheep are completely defenseless. So is the sinner in this old world. Alcohol has calmed us, has it not? Hmm? You know how every alcohol became an alcoholic? One drink. If you'd never taken the first one, you'd never take the last one. Every drug addict? Well, I can do this. One time won't hurt? No. Two times won't hurt. Three times won't hurt. Let me ask you something. Is it hurting? Defenseless against the devil. We're ignorant against his wiles. We're ignorant against his methodology. We're ignorant about what's going on. We're ignorant, if you please. And some of us are so ignorant, we're addicted to a cell phone. You say, I'm not addicted. Leave it to the house for a day. Well, I don't know what, you, you don't know what you do without your phone. Just go down, the, just go sit anywhere and see if anybody walks by that ain't looking at one. Some of you right now are having withdrawal pains. And some of you have been looking at it while I've been preaching. You say, preacher, I don't like you preaching like that. Don't think I ask you if you liked it or not. I'm just saying we are like sheep, defenseless. We are directionless. We are absolutely dumb to the fact that the devil wants to steal your time. The devil wants to ruin your testimony. The devil wants to steal your kids. The devil wants to do everything that's dark, damning, and we like sheep, black, black. Just take off and jump in a hole. And pretty soon, preacher, what happened? And all the time, he was seeking for me. It's time to quit. You say, why? Because I'm hungry. Notice the comparison of the sheep. And please don't ever forget the compassion of the Savior. Notice the compassion of the Savior. I love this. In verse number four, it says, And he left the ninety and nine in the wilderness and went and searched until he found that which was lost. Now, If anybody in this old world was ever unlovable, it had to be me. I guess that's why I reach so many folks that are unlovable. Because I just believe that God loves the unlovable. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Matthew in closing, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now watch this. And he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. 
because they were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Our shepherd truly loves you. No matter where you've wandered, no matter where you've strayed, no matter how long you've been there, and no matter what you've done, no matter what level you have sunk, not level of what you've done, our Savior is seeking for you. He was moved in heaven's palace because of your wilderness of sin. He gave up what heaven had to offer and took all that hell could give him to save you from the wilderness that you're in. God loves you. I can't imagine, if, if you please, notice the sorrow he felt. He was not content with the 90 and 9. Although he loved the 99, he was not content with them. He went looking for you. You say, preacher, he wasn't looking for me. Where did he find you? Maybe in a bar someplace. Maybe in a divorce court someplace. Maybe in a hospital bed someplace. Maybe alongside the road with a turned over vehicle. I don't know. The year I got saved, three times, three times, I come so close to entering eternity, it was unreal. Had a fellow in Artmore, Oklahoma, put a 38 special in between my eyes and pulled the hammer back and said, Wolf, you are a dead man. Have you ever looked down the barrel of a 38 special pistol? That thing looked like a 55 gallon drum. That hammer went back and it was like all eternity had slammed shut. And two other times, in the wilderness of wickedness and ungodliness. My Savior came looking for me. And he's not through looking today. Would to God he could find you in the church house today. And would to doubt God you'd let him caress you and love you in compassion and love and woo you back to himself today. Don't leave this place saying nobody loves you. That'd be the biggest lie ever hatched in hell because God loves you just like you are, just where you are. He wants to forgive you and restore you and love you and embrace you and forgive you. Can anybody say amen? See, you better say amen because I've got to get my glasses wiped off here so I can read.
the comparison, the compassion, I'm done, the celebration. Watch this. The Bible says, now I want to teach you something. Verse 5, and when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. I didn't read in there where he said to the sheep, now before I put you on my shoulders, you need to clean up a little bit. You, you, you muddy in some of that stuff that you've been running around in don't smell good. What we need to do is clean you up, then I'll put you on my shoulders. Do you read that in there? What you don't need to do is clean up before you come to the Savior. You need to come just like you are. And he'll do the cleaning up. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Aren't you glad of that? <laughs> Amen. Say, well, when I get my life straightened out, I'll come to God. No, you won't. You're just a dumb sheep. You ain't looking for God. God is looking for you. You didn't die on the cross for God. God died on the cross for you. You don't love God. God loves you. That ought to make every Baptist in the world say amen. And he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing, celebration. <laughs> I found the sheep. Huh? Huh? Now, don't miss this, because you watch Jimmy Swagger and the mother nuts, you'll miss this. And he didn't put it down till he got it where? Say what? Say what? Oh, really? Really? You mean if that sheep had had an accident on his shoulders, he wouldn't have thrown him down? When did he put the sheep down? When he got him home. You know when he's going to put me down? When he gets me home. As messy and as ugly and as vile and as sinful as I was in Farmer's Branch, Texas, 50 years ago when he made a visit in my house and I knelt by my couch and I asked him to forgive me of my sins and he came into my heart and saved my soul. He put me on his shoulder, bless God, rejoicing that he had found that which was lost and he's not going to put me down till he gets me back home. Now, if you can find a better deal than that anywhere in town, you need to take it for the day's over. And if you're not saved, I know why God calls you a sheep if you leave unsaved. Because you're dumb. You don't realize at the end of your life there is an eternity. Only Two places mentioned in the Bible for two peoples that are mentioned in the Bible. A heaven for the saved and a hell for the lost. Oh, would to God you'd be saved. I read something today. 
You say, how do you know that? Right there is what I read it on. It says sheep. Dr. Andrew Bonard told how in the highlands of Scotland, a sheep would often wander off into the rocks and into the places they could not get out of. The grass on these mountains is very sweet and sheep like it. And they will jump down 10 or 12 feet off a ledge and eat the grass. The shepherd will wait until they are so faint that the sheep cannot stand up. And then they let a rope down. Then they climb down the rope. And then they rescue the sheep. They were asked, why did they wait until the sheep was faint? And the response was, if the sheep were not faint, when they let down the rope, the sheep would get scared and jump to their death. But if the shepherd waited until the sheep was all out of strength and had come to the end of their rope, and could not do anything to save themselves, they would submit to the shepherd when he bent over to try to save them. Are you at the end of the rope? Are you done trying to do it yourself? If you are, the shepherd is seeking for you.